The journey, as Caitlyn Jenner calls her life, can pretty much be bookended by two magazine covers. Sports Illustrated, in the summer of 1976, Bruce Jenner arms upraised to celebrate his decathlon gold medal win at the Montreal Olympics, crossing the finish line in blue shorts and a red shirt. And Vanity Fair, in the summer of 2015, Caitlyn Jenner, arms behind her back, wearing an ivory bustier, celebrating her new life as the woman she says she always wanted to be. Jenner has been famous for most of her life as an Olympic athlete, as a promoter of sports and Wheaties, among other things, as a reality TV celebrity, as the father and stepfather of 10 children, some of them even more famous than Jenner. Her new memoir is The Secrets of My Life. The title's a bit of a joke, an acknowledgement that as the best-known transgender woman in the world, there are no secrets anymore. This is from our live conversation at the Los Angeles Times Ideas Exchange at the Theater at the Ace Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. There was part of your book, you're living in Malibu, you're secretly going through transitioning, and you've turned one of the rooms in your house in Malibu into a closet for your new clothes. And your mother comes out to visit and she sees this and she says she's so glad that you have a girlfriend. And I thought that's kind of symbolized how you had to live so much of that part of your life. And how secretive I was. And how secretive you were. My mom was the toughest one to tell. And she was the last one that I I told pretty much everybody. And uh, like any parent, um, it's tough on parents. Um, But my mother, at the age of, she was 88 at the time, you know, the first reaction is, like any parent, oh my God, what did I do wrong? You know, every parent goes that. I said, Mom, you did absolutely nothing wrong. And it took me about a month of just talking to her all the time to say, Mom, it's not your fault. This is just what you're born. This is who you are. You know, when I was looking online, I noticed there's no Wikipedia page for Bruce Jenner. There's just Caitlyn Jenner. They wiped it out? Was that your request? No, no. um, It's got all the Olympic history in there, but you look for Caitlyn Jenner. Just all all it is is Caitlyn Jenner. It's amazing, when the Vanity Fair picture came out, that, <laughs> that cover shot, which my family, the Jenner side primarily, um, they were not that happy with it. They thought it was a little too much. You know, a little too... Vargas girl? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're on the cover with a, in a bustier, kind of, you know? And uh, I, I get that, but honestly, I like the cover. Why? because of the shock value of it. Yeah, people weren't expecting it. It wasn't halfway. It wasn't halfway, it was all the way. People had never seen a picture of my authentic self. Um, And so for me, that changed everything right there. I mean, literally, the media threw out Bruce. That was the end of Bruce, he's gone. This Caitlyn character's a lot more interesting, you know? (laughs) Ready to rock the world. The 1976 Summer Olympic Games, Montreal, the Decathlon. Ten events, ten arduous trials that would determine who was the best of all. Bruce Jenner did what he set out to do. He was the world's greatest athlete, an American hero. So where does Bruce now fit in your narrative? Bruce was around for 65 years. Bruce did a lot, okay? And I'm very proud of his accomplishments. Um, and he, yeah, he's still, 
He still lives, he lives now inside me. Caitlin gets a chance to live. And it was Where the other Caitlin way around. For was so always inside and Bruce lived. And I raised my family, raised great kids. If I worked all my life, was successful, won the games, beat everybody in the whole world. So, yeah, and so I'm, I'm proud of that part of my life. So I don't say, I like, oh, I'm not gonna, for, you know, I'll just forget it. That is part of my journey. You've been on it your- was actually sad when I got my driver's license and all that kind of stuff because I liked Bruce. Bruce was a good person. Bruce raised a great family. He did a lot of good things in life. And then all of a sudden, right down to my birth certificate, the names were changed and gender markers were changed. And it was like, it was tough to take. You know, he's still there. You've been doing your book tour. You were in Washington. But I assume that top of your agenda was transgender issues because there's still the North Carolina bathroom issue. You have questions of prosecuting attacks on transgender people as hate crimes. Um, boy, have I gotten hammered over the last couple of, well, last two years of being a Republican. Um, I get it. Um, the Republicans do not do as good a job when it comes to LGBT issues. I know that, and the Democrats do. But from my standpoint, um, I want our country to do well, and, and the Republican Party is closer to things like our Constitution. Uh, <clears throat> although they have, they, they, I have had problems with them over the last you know, 10, 20 years, but limited government, I'm, I'm all for that. Lower taxes, no, let the people go, they'll fix everything, I guarantee you. But I like being on the inside because I am outwardly Republican. I, I have sat down with 15 evangelical Christian conservative senators and Republicans at private dinners in Washington. And they probably everybody in that room had never met anybody who was trans. And I want them to get to know me. I want to know that I'm not crazy, I'm not nuts. We talked for three hours about faith, um, about politics, about the issues that are out there for our community. And you can, that's the only way you can slowly change minds. I would rather you know, convince the Republican Party to do a better job with all LGBT issues than to try to convince the Democrats to do lower taxes, less regulations, and let the people go. So that's where I'm, but my loyalty is not with, was not with Donald Trump, was not with the Republican, is with my community. And anyway, did you see my Instagram post that I put out? And we had the White House in the background, I hold up my book. And I said, you know, President Trump, here I, I'm, I'm in Washington, D.C. I would love for you to read my book. You might learn something. And by the way, when you're done with it, could you give it to Jess Sessions? Donald Trump invited you to play golf. I mean, I think you could take up that offer, right? No, and not then now. Maybe beat him by not five now. or six strokes? Oh, he doesn't want to get beat by a 67-year-old trans woman. <laughs> I did go back to the inauguration. So the one real person I wanted to talk to was uh, Mike Pence. He has passed some very anti-LGBT legislation when he was governor. Um, and I mean, just really bad stuff. I was at a cocktail party and there he was. So they brought me over, I got introduced to him. And I said, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a Republican, conservative thoughts, but I'm also trans. I would love to have that conversation with you. And he looked at me and he goes, you know what, I would love to do that. With this administration, it's been, in a sense, silent at best. There's a nominee for Secretary of the Army who says that oh, there's sexual Green. Oh, he's terrible. He says that being trans, you have a disease. 
I don't got no disease, okay, okay? I had a physical. I didn't see one disease on my physical. <laughs> and that, uh, you know, the whole bathroom issue, he's got to fight it because the, you know, the Bible says he's gonna, he has to fight evil. Horrible. Uh, and then he here's the question of prosecuting hate crimes against transgender people. Yes, I think all murders of trans women should be, you know, prosecuted as a hate crime. On March 10th, a letter was sent to Jeff Sessions about getting it, um, all these trans murders um, prosecuted as a hate crime, and, and they never heard back from him. Hmm. And that ticks me off. Something else you talked about in the book was terminology, pronouns, transgender uh. woman, transgender man. On the census form, on other forms, it just says what? What are the boxes that you think would be ideal? Um, this is what I would like. I would like, over the next 20, 30 years, to get what the gay community has today, okay? They have been fighting for a long time, okay? Marriage equality, fighting on issues, acceptance. I would hope our community gets to the day where we have that acceptance, that just being trans um, is, is natural, because it is, in humanity. There are variations in humanity. If we didn't have variations, we wouldn't have evolution. So that's why I started the book off in the first couple of pages, uh, you know, you give a quote, and it was a quote from Milton Diamond. And it said, biology loves variations. Biology loves differences. Society hates it. You spoke often in the book about how fortunate you were to be able to afford to do oh, of what you wanted to do. So one of the questions that will emerge as this goes along toward is what you talked about, the right. gay status, uh, gay quality status, should transgender surgery be covered by insurance policies? If there is a new Obamacare, does that figure into it? Um, well, that is expensive, I, As I you know. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously I would like to have insurance cover those types of things, obviously. I mean, I would fight for it. Um, and in some cases it is. Get this one. I was at Starbucks. This lady, you know, maybe latter 50, 60 comes up. She goes, I transitioned like 40 years ago. And she was all proud that insurance paid for it. And all she had to pay was $1,500. Wow. Insurance will come in and help uh, lower the cost. Uh, in certain ways, maybe pay for the anesthesiologist, pay for the hospital, uh, do things like that. But it depends on who you go to. Is it universal everywhere? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. It would be nice if we get to that point where we can help everybody if they need to have it done. Another question, especially for young people, they're so self-conscious about their bodies. What about locker rooms for kids in school, high school, college, even I suppose when you get to the athlete level? How do you accommodate transgender kids, transgender athletes? Did you watch Diane Sawyer last week? No. Um, it was past my bedtime. On there, we, um, I think it was Arcadia, we had the uh, uh, head of education department at Arcadia and he was just fabulous. He goes, because they fought this whole thing about the locker room. So this guy was great. He goes, you know, they were going over this whole thing. And he goes, once we got the lawyers out of the room and we sat down with the parents and we sat down with the school department and we just kind of worked these things out, they wound up putting up 
curtains. And then we showed her pictures of the curtains and everybody was happy. Now, first of all, I want privacy for all kids, okay? Um, and so uh, I, I'm, I'm all in. But it's not just trans kids. Just think of privacy, and especially in, let's state the girls' locker room, of a girl that's you know has a weight problem. She's so self-conscious about her body, she wants privacy too. Maybe the little trans girl wants privacy. And what this school system did is put up curtains for the showers. You know, it was that simple. So when you got your, your ESPY award, you got a lot of pushback from people, some people in the LGBTQ community who were saying, look, you can't represent us because you have not been what we have been through. You have not been bullied. You have not been harassed by the police. You have not been sexually attacked and been sexually vulnerable. Uh, first of all, I am not the spokesperson for the trans community, okay? And I never once in my life ever said I was. I'm a spokesperson for my story. That's the only story I know. My experience has been totally different than theirs. I agree with 100%, right? Every trans person I talk to, experience is different. So it's, it's not about that. It's not about, oh, I deserve you know, less credibility as a trans person because where I came from than the next person because they were living on a poverty level, did get arrested, whatever it may be, okay? We have to come together as a community. If we come together and not fight with each other, and I, and I see that a lot, there's a lot of this inside the community, uh, in criticism of each other. We're all trying the same thing. I'm doing my thing, and I'm doing it my way. The second part of the question is the criticism you got with the Glamour Woman of the Year Award for the same thing. You've never had a period. You've never been paid less for doing the same job that a man is doing. Well, see, that's why. Now, for me, I like the word, I'm a trans woman, okay? And because for me, my experience to womanhood was different, okay? Way different than a, a, a woman who was born that way, you know, a cis woman. Uh, and my, it doesn't make me less of a woman because I call myself a trans woman, but my experience was different. I don't want to disrespect women who, like you say, have grown up as women, who have dealt with women's issues, who've had periods, who birthed children and all that kind of stuff. My journey to womanhood is different. So I'm very comfortable with that I'm, I'm a trans woman, yeah. You were transitioning for a period of about four years and then you stopped. It wasn't time. Um, you were I was 40s? on hormones for four and a half years. Uh, I had a little bit of a nose job. I had two and a half years of electrolysis. That's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, and so I went through all of that thinking I'm gonna do this you know, before I'm 40. And I got to 39 and wasn't even close. I, I, I could not go any further. It was, the issue was not where it is today. I mean, all I really knew was Renee Richards. You know, I mean, she was kind of crucified. She was you know, looked at as a big freak back then. But there was no information out there. There was, I didn't know anybody else. Uh, there was no internet. I couldn't even find a therapist. And I was single for those six years. Oh. Um, and not a good father, because I was just suffering in my own crap. And then uh, I, I thought I just got, I got to get back into life, because I had spent six years in a house and came out once in a while to, you know, to buy food or go to work. That was about it. 
and you know, when you started the television show, the Kardashian television mm -hmm. show, and I was I was reading it. This, you'd watch the Ozzy Osbourne yeah. show and thought, oh, this might be something. But thinking, if you were so careful about protecting yourself, why you would put yourself out there in that position? Um, first of all, I've always liked to work, number one. Uh, number two, doing a show like that would be a great opportunity for your kids. They're doing pretty good, you know? A great opportunity for your kids and family. And so, uh, we, Chris and I, we talked about it, and then Chris, you know, She's good, she ran with it. Did you feel like you were risking everything every time you were on television? Well, do you see how I was portrayed in the show? And they portrayed me as this kind of weak, quiet, everybody's running over me. Um, I didn't uh, feel worthy of uh, kind of defending my position and my opinion. Um, and so I stayed in the background an awful lot. Here's some questions from a high school teacher. What do you wish teachers and adults would have said to you as a teenager that might have helped you? First of all, um, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, this is only my personal opinion. As far as parenting a trans child or a teacher of a trans child, it starts off with love your children, okay? Love your child, adore your child. Be there for your child. Your child will figure these things out, and in school, they'll figure their things out. I think from a teaching standpoint, leave an open environment. Uh, protect these children. Let them be themselves. This is a real issue, okay? It's not like some made-up thing. So protect the children and, and give them an environment to grow up in. As we wrap up, I, I have to ask you, you spent 20 years in a house full of women, you've made your transition. What do you really think of people who leave the toilet seat up? I've realized that they're horrible people. <laughs> I didn't know that at first. <laughs> thank Caitlin Jenner. Thank you. And thank you for coming. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited by Todd G. Levin and engineered by Levin and Tim French. ABC broadcasts the 1976 Montreal Olympics. I am Pat Morrison. Pat Morrison.